Welcome everyone to Monday Match Analysis. I'm Gil Gross. A very exciting weekend is upon us. Five of the ATP's top 10 players will be in action this weekend. Yeah, there probably hasn't been a better tennis weekend since Indian Wells was canceled. First, you have the Adria Tour in Belgrade, Serbia, an event organized by Novak Djokovic, featuring Dominic Team, Sasha Zverev, and Grigor Dimitrov. Social distancing is being completely ignored. They'll even play that event in front of crowds. But I'm mainly here to discuss the second tennis event taking place this weekend, the ultimate tennis showdown. Because as you can see by this trailer, they're not playing around. So, where should we begin? Uh, the Ultimate Tennis Showdown, first of all, has a really, really strong field. A um, couple top tenors, Stefanos Tsitsipas, Matteo Berrettini, David Gafan, and after Dominic Thiem is done playing in Serbia, he'll try to France, he'll fly to France to play UTS, because even in a global pandemic, Dominic Thiem can overcrowd his schedule. But good tennis doesn't really get to the bottom of what the UTS is selling here. This event is spearheaded by Patrick Muradoglu. He's the CEO and the chairman of Muradoglu Tennis Academy. He's Serena Williams' head coach. He's Coco Goff's head coach. And he has a lot of ideas about how tennis can be improved. He considers himself a tennis entrepreneur. And in his words, he wants to reinvent tennis. So if you listen to the interviews that Muradoglu did Prior to the to the event, it's very clear that he's trying to achieve two things. He's trying to speed the game up, and he's trying to bring out the players' personalities. Let's start with the first thing, speeding the game up. There will be a 15-second shot clock between points. If a player takes more than 15 seconds to serve, he receives a warning the first time and a point penalty the second time. For every five additional seconds exceeding the 15-second time limit, the player receives an extra point penalty. And just like it is in normal tennis, the player serving is the one in control of the tempo, although I expect that that'll be more strictly enforced uh, in the ultimate tennis showdown. If the returning player isn't ready, he is subject to penalties. Now, here's probably the most radical change to the format of the UTS. Four quarters of 10 minutes. One of the main principles in tennis, there's no clock. You can't run down the clock. You got to win the last point. That won't be the case in the ultimate tennis showdown. And there will be a loud buzzer to signify the end of each quarter. The player with the most points at the end of the quarter obviously wins the quarter. Then there's a two-minute changeover. So 10 minutes before a changeover, um, when a player argues with the umpire, the clock is stopped. The clock is also stopped when a player breaks his racket, breaks his strings, when a player calls for the doctor, or when a coach calls timeout. But by the way, the player can resist the timeout. And by the way, things like breaking rackets, yeah, I think that that's going to be a little bit 
more heavily encouraged than usual, which brings us to the second part of what this is all about, bringing out the players' personalities. One way to do that is to introduce coaching, something that UTS plans on doing um, very comprehensively. Each player is allowed four 30-second timeouts during a match, one per quarter to be taken any time by his coach. The coach calls a timeout by hitting a buzzer that does have to be between uh, in between points. The 30 seconds starts when the player is on his chair with the headset on. The player has the right to refuse a coaching timeout, as I said. All coach-player interactions must be conducted in English. Otherwise, the player receives a point penalty. Interaction with the audience. Each player is equipped with a headset. At every changeover, the player is required to answer questions from an interviewer. Now, I said the... 10-minute quarters is the most radical change to the format, but this is the most wild part of the whole ordeal. They call it the twist here, UTS cards. To make matchups even more exciting, before every match, the algorithm presents each player with four different UTS cards and will decide for how many points in a row each card will be active. Before each quarter, the coach can choose two out of the four cards for his player to use during the upcoming quarter. The players can't play two cards at once, can't play a card at the same time. Okay, here's what these UTS cards can do. Your opponent, you can limit your opponent to one serve. You can make it so that each of your winners count as three points. You can make the next point count double, but only if you win it. You can get three serves instead of two. You can force your opponent to serve and volley. And you can force your opponent to win the point in three shots or less. The chair umpire will be assisted by another official whose mission will be to check the time and use specific cards. I'm going to save my comments on the actual rules for Monday. I want to see all this stuff actually play out. I want to have an open mind. I want to give it a fair chance. There's no reason for me to talk about these things right now, but I did think it was important to present them. Murata Glue said it himself. There's a time for analysis and there's a time for action. Now is the time for action. And I couldn't agree more. What better time to experiment than right now with the actual tour on pause. And I think if you throw a thousand ideas at a wall and 200 of the ideas are good ideas, well, then you got 200 extra good ideas that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And that's kind of how I look at the ultimate tennis showdown as a whole. I'm, I'm happy they're experimenting. I'm intrigued by this. I'm excited to watch this. But there's one thing that has had my eyebrows raised. It's not so much the the format or the rules or the quirks. It's how this event is being sold by Patrick Muradoglu. Nowadays, the fan of tennis is getting older and older. Ten years ago, the average age of the tennis fan was 51 years old. Today, it's 61. In 10 years, it's going to be 71 because nothing changes. This just shows that the fans of tennis that we have are the people who fell in love with tennis in the 70s and in the 80s, and tennis is not able to renew its fan base. And that's extremely scary for the future. The Ultimate Tennis Showdown is sold on the premise that tennis needs saving, that the sport is going down a dark path that it cannot or should not follow. And maybe that's true, but that's something that I think deserves a little bit of scrutiny. Let's take a look at that.
The one objective statistic that Patrick Muradoglu cited was that the average tennis viewer is 61 years old. And that likely comes from these stats published by the Sports Business Journal in 2017. As you can see, the ATP average age, according to Nielsen ratings in the year 2000, was 51. In 2006, it was 56. And in 2016, it was the number that Muradoglu cited, 61 years of age. But the interesting thing about this list is, one, every single sport on this list, and it's a pretty comprehensive one, every single sport increased in age, except for one. It happens to be tennis. WTA tennis went from average age 63 in 2006 to average age 55 in 2016. And if anything, it makes these statistics a little bit shoddy because men's tennis and women's tennis is, you know, the same sport. So if you take one factor, which is that all the sports got older, combined with the second factor that the only sport that got younger is actually tennis it makes it a little bit hard to rest an argument that tennis is is in a is in a problematic place when it comes to an aging audience when you take all of these things into account another thing that this doesn't take into account is streaming something that's a huge part of tennis viewership worldwide with options like tennis tv tennis channel everywhere in the united states and i'm sure there's more european options that i'm not thinking about the point is Older people watch television. That's what cable television skews towards. Cord cutting and streaming, that skews younger. And perhaps the way that people watch all sports is changing. So I'm not sure that there's a very sturdy argument to stand on if you want to make the claim that these statistics right here in this table suggest that tennis above all other sports, is going in the wrong direction. And if you're going to use ratings as a place to build an argument from, well, then you kind of have a blindfold on if you're ignoring 2019's numbers. Because if you want to look at tennis and ratings and you're trying to look at the direction that the sport is going, either positive or negative, well, in the case of Patrick Muradoglu, you're going to find results that directly challenge what you're saying if you look at 2019's television ratings. Tennis Channel, their ratings for the French Open were up 47% in the first week. And overall, Tennis Channel had a huge ratings jump in 2019. ESPN has the broadcast rights to the other three majors in the United States, the Australian Open, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open. Wimbledon was up 30% from last year, the Australian Open was up 27%, and the U.S. Open was the most viewed U.S. Open in the history of ESPN, including a 32% increase among women aged 18 through 34, and a 10% increase among men in that same age range. The women's final between Bibi Andreescu and Serena Williams was the second highest viewed tennis match of all time, and the men's final, which didn't include a member of the big three, but in fact included Daniil Medvedev, was the most watched U.S. Open men's championship since 2015. So if you're going to say tennis isn't renewing its fan base, you're going to need to come in with a lot more ammo than what Patrick Muradoglu has come in with. In other words... I support everything that the UTS is doing. Wholeheartedly, I cannot stress this enough. The only thing I take issue with is the fear-mongering 
based on very little objective data that tennis is going down a bad path. So again, it might seem like I'm looking for something to criticize, I'm looking for something to pick at, but I look at my job as as to make you guys think, as to help you guys think. Um, and I know I was I was somewhat critical of Djokovic and Nadal in yesterday's video. To me, that's kind of my job, is to be a little bit more critical than the average Joe. So that's what I'm doing here. And I'm just taking a hard look at how they are selling the Ultimate Tennis Showdown and simply asking, what is this based on? With that being said, I'm very excited to sit back, take in what this event has to offer. And by the way, I've already been extremely impressed with the marketing effort. I've loved a lot of the promotional tools that they've used. I think a lot of tournaments should be trying to take note. A lot of tennis entities should be trying to take note of how the Ultimate Showdown has tried to market the personalities that are taking part in its event. So I'm looking forward to sitting back, seeing what this is like, and then I'll talk to you Monday with a guest. And uh, we'll kind of talk out what we thought of this. It's going to be a younger guest so so that we can kind of connect on, on the level of uh, the exact generation that the Ultimate Tennis Showdown is trying to target. That's our show. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. If you're listening on podcast platforms, please leave a rating and a review. I'll see you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.